Today is March 24th, 2022. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. I want to talk about boxing. This week is a great matchup in the super welterweight division between Terrell Goucher and the Australian sensation, Tim Zhu, son of Hall of Famer Costa Zhu, former unified welterweight champion. Tim Zhu, so far in his career, has been fairly dominant. He's had a few hiccups here and there from what I've seen, but from the most of the film and the fights that I've watched, he is a dominating fighter in, in terms of rounds one, in terms of just imposing his will on his opponents. The caveat to that is that he has not really been tested. This is his first uh, trip to America. All of his previous fights have taken place in his home country of Australia, but I believe he will be tested this weekend. Terrell Goucher is a crafty veteran. He is very athletic. He is somebody that will switch up the pace at any given moment. He can kind of take the air out of the ball. In other words, he can stink out a fight to where um, a power puncher can't really find that punch to land. And Goucher doesn't necessarily have to be active offensively to do that. He'll uh, he'll plot. He'll make you think he's going one way, he's going the next. He faints a lot. He can dip low and then come back up top really well. He is definitely um, a layered fighter. He's not something that Tim Zhu will see every day. I think Goucher is a really good test. I think it's a perfect matchup for a guy testing the waters, if you will, over here in America, kind of seeing what the competition is like. No disrespect to Australia, but most of the competition for Tim Zhu wasn't near his level. Um, Jeff Horn was a fun fight. Tim Zhu beat the brakes off that boy. And that is really the only name I've seen him in there with. So Terrell Goucher, um, this is also the main event, which is going to put more pressure on Tim Zhu. Tim Zhu was originally supposed to be the co-main for the Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castagna rematch. Unfortunately, that fight got pushed back. But um, Tim Zhu and his team had all the confidence in the world. They wanted to push forward with this fight, this date. They had no problem being the main event. They're looking to sell out the Armory in Minnesota, which is a really good fight venue. They've had tremendous fights. David Morrell, um, great young fighter, is from there. He usually fights on that in that venue. But Goucher, uh, excuse me, Goucher versus Tim Zhu, I believe, is a more than fair main event. It's a very Decent matchup, and the card as well is very good. Triple header over on Showtime. Uh, the card begins at 9, but Tim Zhu is uh, really a straightforward kind of guy. You look at him, he doesn't stand too low. He doesn't stand awkwardly. He stands pretty basic, throws a really good jab and a great straight right hand, which sounds like it's just nothing special to him, but in this game, in this sport, that's really what takes you a, a long way is the fundamentals. Guys that have the fundamentals down packed are guys that uh, usually have great success. This is also the son of a Hall of Famer. This is a guy that knows what it takes or has been taught what it takes to be at the top of this of this sport. Guys, 20-0, 15 knockouts. Um, he's in his late 20s, but he is in a prime position to really be at the top of this division. If he can get by Goucher in a dominant or convincing even way, because I believe he will be tested at some rounds in this fight. I don't expect pure dominance, but I think if he can 
Um, really impressed with a victory over Goucher. He'll be right there looking at the winner of Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castagna, which is in May. That'll be for the Undisputed Championship. Tim Zhu has a chance to put himself right in that conversation. Him and the winner of Lubin versus Fundora, which is um, early next month. So Tim Zhu has all the pressure on him. He has all the hype. Um, this is his biggest fight of his life. His debut in America. And like it or not, the United States is where big-time boxing takes place in the majority of the time. Yes, the UK has great events. Yes, they will have a massive fight that will give us an Usyk Joshua-type um, huge heavyweight title fight. They're going to give us Dillian White versus Tyson Fury, which is another massive fight. But the majority of big fights happen in America. That's just a fact. The best competition is usually in America. Yes, these other countries have great fighters, but... You would, you would be crazy to argue the depth here in the United States isn't the best. Um, every country has a gr good crop, but I believe the United States has a deeper um, pool to pull from, and they also have the money. Yes, the UK brings in money for big fights, and Dubai or Saudi Arabia will throw money once in a while. Australia, when they have a big star like Tim Zhu could be, or uh, George Cambosos. Jeff Horn against Pacquiao, things like that are always going to come up. But the main um, percentage, the most, the highest percentage of big fights are taking place in the Vegas, in New York, places like that. So Tim Zhu has all that in front of him. It's all there for him to grab. He just has to get by Terrell Goucher. I expect Tim Zhu to win. I expect an impressive performance. But I also expect Goucher to confuse the kid a little bit, confuse him throw something at him he hasn't seen, and Goucher does have power. He rocked Lubin in that fight. Late in that fight, he landed a big shot, a big right hand, I believe, on Erickson Lubin that definitely stumbled Lubin. Lubin did come back, land something big later on in the fight. Did win the fight convincingly, but Goucher is going to be there all night. He's never been stopped. His only two losses are to Lara and Erickson Lubin, so it's going to be tough for Zoo, but I think Zoo will rise to the occasion, though. Super welterweight division, to me, is one of the best in the sport. Um, it may not have the big superstars. It may not have the top names in the sport, like welterweight or heavyweight. But what makes it so good to me is these guys are all mixing it up with each other, and it's very deep. Um, there isn't really many, besides Charlo, there isn't a guy that's going to be like, you know, on the A side. They're all on the same level as far as notoriety goes, but the skill level, the skill pool, if you will, is very deep. It is pretty much 12 guys that can be interchangeable and they can all beat each other. Like one, A might be B, but C can beat A type of thing. And these guys are all mixing it up. That's the thing. That's what makes it exciting to me. Um, you can really pick your poison once, as far as the top 10. You got Charlo Castaño that are always going to be until they finish their rivalry, until they finish their second fight, they're always going to be one and two, however you want to put it. But after that, you got Tim Zhu, you got Terrell Goucher, who are fighting, you got Erickson Lubin, Sebastian Fundora, who are fighting early next month. You have Liam Smith still there. You have Sergio Garcia, who's been fighting really good. You have um, the Russian Karbanov, who's a really good fighter. You have Guys like Erislandi Lara, who is still sticking around, but could still beat any of these guys I mentioned. You have Austin Trout, who's still a tough out for people. 
You have Tony Harrison, who's returning really soon to the ring, who gave um, Charlo one of his toughest fights. It is a very deep division, and the winner will rise to the top of that list right beside Charlo and Castaño. I think they'll be next up, them and the winner of Fedora and Lubin. So really exciting, important matchup this weekend. The undercard is really good as well. You have Michelle Rivera returning to the ring, one of the best young fighters in the game. He's in a stacked division as well, the lightweight division, which has the likes of George Cambosos, Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, very deep division as well. William Zapata, another young fighter rising the ranks in that division. And Michelle Rivera, who looks like Muhammad Ali, <laughs> unlike Ali's actual grandson, Nico Ali. Michelle Rivera actually resembles Ali in the face, and he's also a great fighter. 22-0, 14 knockouts. Um, he can stay on his toes. He can bang on the inside. He is a well-rounded guy. I just want to see how he does when he steps up in competition. And this weekend, he is stepping up in competition. He is fighting Joseph Ardorno, who's also unbeaten. It's a 10-round fight. It's the co-main. It should be all action. It's probably going to be the best fight on the card overall. But just like Tim Zhu, Rivera has to make a name for himself. He's been climbing the ranks, but he could really show that he is separating himself from the other young fighters if he can beat Joseph Adorno, who's also a really talented guy. He is a uh, power puncher, but other than that, I don't know much about the guy. I can't lie. But Elvis Rodriguez is in the opener. Elvis Rodriguez is a guy who was talked about a few years ago as being the prospect of the year. He was being hyped up by top rank on ESPN. He had a tough fight, I think two in a row, lost one of them, and was shortly after that was released by top rank. PBC has picked him up. They put him on a card last year. He did very well in that, got a victory, and now he's in a fight against uh, Juan Velasco, who's another good fighter. So it's going to be three really interesting matchups, not top, uh, top names, but guys that can be top names in the future. If they get these victories this weekend, got to start somewhere this weekend is where they can really separate themselves from their peers. So I'm interested in seeing that over on ESPN. There's also a really good, <clears throat> excuse me, junior lightweight matchup, super bantamweight, the 126 pound division. You have former boogeyman of the division, Miguel Bichel, who was knocked out sensationally by Oscar Valdez last year. He's making his first appearance since that knockout. He is going up against Nakathala, Nakathila, sorry about the mispronunciation, Nakathila, who is the African cop who fought, <laughs> sounds funny, but I'm being dead serious, this guy works part-time as a cop in Africa, and he was in one of the worst fights of the year last year with Shakur Stevenson, it was a real snooze fest, this guy really stunk up the joint along with Stevenson, Stevenson got highly criticized, especially by Tim Bradley, who was on the telecast, but the viewers at home Felt the same way that Bradley did because that fight was awful. And people criticized Shakur Stevenson for that fight. He did win every round, but it was just a really boring event. And he said, hey, listen, this guy was super awkward. People don't realize how awkward the guy was. And he was a hard hitter. He's like, I couldn't um, let my guard down. I had to just play it safe and win every round. I was dominating the rounds, but I wasn't going to take any unnecessary risks because of how hard that guy hits. So we will see if that power does translate against Burchell, because unlike Shakur Stevenson, who is a master defensive fighter, he is really sensational, one of the best defensive fighters in the sport. We know Burchell is the opposite. He's going to be coming forward. 
he's going to be right in Nakatila's face, right in his uh, hot zone, if you will. And he will see if Nakatila can land any of this power that Shakur warned us about. So it should be an action fight. Richel always comes forward. This guy doesn't know how to go backwards. And Nakathila uh, supposedly possesses this power. So we should have an action fight. Um, Richel needs to look good. He didn't look good to me in his last fight. He looked like he was weight trained. For some reason, he's still at that weight. Um, apparently, he can make it. Or maybe he's just doing it for the money. But we will find out if he still has what he, what he once possessed in his tank. He was a champion. He was a dominating fighter. High volume. The guy's going to throw... 80 punches per round, it should be a good one. But uh, like I said, the Showtime card to me is just the better overall card. Three really good matchups. Tim Zhu, we'll see what he can do. But this, ladies and gentlemen, is just an appetizer for what's to come. We are on the cusp of a long, long stretch. Next weekend, there is no, there is no boxing. Next weekend is WrestleMania weekend. I don't think any, whether you like wrestling or not, I don't think there is any event out there that wants to go head-to-head with WrestleMania, as far as fighting for viewership and things like that. Um, I know not everyone's into that fake stuff, like they say, but next week I will definitely have the preview for WrestleMania, night one and night two. I will get in depth with my uh, predictions. I will cover the entire event from top to bottom. So tune in next week if you're into that type of thing or want to know more about it. I will have you covered. But as far as boxing, there is nothing next week, but the list just keeps going all the way through June. The schedule is insane. We thought last year was great. This year has the potential to surpass it. Just this weekend, Tim Zhu Gaucher, which I've already covered. Next weekend's the week off. Week after that, April 9th, Triple G versus Ryota Murata. The middleweight title match that was supposed to take place in December is finally taking place. Also that night, Eric Lubin versus Sebastian Fundora. Great matchup. Also that night. Gabe Rosado is fighting Shane Mosley Jr., which should be a fun fight. That is on undercard of Ryan Garcia's return. So that is April 9th. The week after that, we've got the big one. Earl Spence versus your Dennis Ugas unified welterweight title fight in Dallas. That will be a banger. The week after that, Tyson Fury defending his heavyweight championship against Dillian White. The week after that, Oscar Valdez, who I mentioned earlier, is fighting Shakur Stevenson in a unified super featherweight title fight, two undefeated champions going head-to-head. Doesn't get much better than that. Also that night, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano in the best women's fight on paper in history. So that is a special event as well. The week after that, a guy you may have heard of him, Canelo Alvarez fighting Dimitri Bivol, light heavyweight championship matchup. The week after that, Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castaño, the rematch for the undisputed super welterweight championship. Bear with me, folks, because the week after that, we still have fights going. Demetrius Andre, boo-boo, fighting Zach Parker, moving up in weight against a top 10 guy in that weight class. They will, what's the excuse going to be if boo-boo wipes the floor with Parker? Parker is a very good fighter. Parker has been climbing the ranks as well. And Parker has been at that weight for a while. Demetrius Andre making his first appearance at super middleweight. Also, speaking of super middleweights, David Benavidez is fighting David Lemieux, which should be a war. That is the same night. Excuse me, a war. By war, I mean it should be a one-sided beatdown, but it should be a fun fight. David Benavides is going to take David Lemieux's head off. That is the same night as Boo Boo. The week after that, we are still going. Jermonte Tank Davis against Rolly Romero, May 28th in New York at the Barclays Center. I plan on being there. If you're a fight fan, you should be there because it's been a long time since 
there was an event at the Barclays Center. There hasn't been big-time boxing at Barclays for a few years because of COVID and all that. If you haven't experienced a fight at the Barclays, it is an experience like no other. Listen, don't get me wrong. I have never seen a fight in Vegas. I'm sure it's amazing. MGM, I'm sure, is the top of the top. But I find it hard to believe that you can match the energy and the atmosphere in the Barclays. A Mayweather fight, I'm sure, is much different. Fights from the past, I'm sure, are much different. I'm talking about today. In 2022, the Barclays Center is going to be one of the best experiences you can have as a fight fan. I've been to Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden is known as the Mecca. Madison, the history behind MSG is unmatched. All I can say is the atmosphere at MSG is extremely professional, extremely fun, extremely historic. It's great. But Barclays Center for boxing is a different level of atmosphere. I don't know how to explain it. You just have to experience it for yourself. It is my preferred experience. The Barclays Center is my favorite place to watch a fight. Mind you, I have not been to the MGM, but I have been to MSG and I'm taking Barclays Center every day of the week, twice on Saturday nights. May 28th, Gervonta Tank Davis versus Rolly Romero. It will be fireworks. I will definitely be at that. The week after that, we are still going. Stephen Fulton, one of the best fighters in the world, unified bantamweight champion, is defending against Danny Roman. This is one of my preferred fights of the year. That is going to be a war. And it hasn't been confirmed, but also that day, it'll be taking place on June 5th. If you're in Australia, George Cambosos defending against Devin Haney. That'll be for the undisputed championship at lightweight. That fight has not been confirmed. Every other fight I mentioned is confirmed. I could keep going, but, you know, I kind of want to end this podcast without uh, taking up all of your time. There are plenty of fights on the schedule. That's the moral of the story. I will be here every week. Uh, to cover it, like I said, next week, WrestleMania preview coming up. Stay tuned because things are about to get crazy. I'm telling you, things are going to get crazy. We have so much more to talk about. Things are finally heating up in boxing. This is all I have for you this week. I'm out.